This is version 20 of the Heat Wrestling Podcast, and I, once again, am Referee Tony S. Thank you so much for joining me, wherever you may be. You can follow me on Twitter, at Referee Tony S. There's only one, and thank God for that. You can follow the show at The Heat Pod. Have any questions, send them into theheatpod at gmail.com. We're on all podcast platforms. And once again, thank you for your support. Once again, I do apologize for the lack of versions as of late. My work and professional life have been taken over my personal schedule as of late but i'm back here with you and again we're going to do things do things right and do things big if you checked out version 19 i was able to be a co-host on the who's podcast episode 310 with brother derek stoughton josh lopez had taken some time off and allowed derek and myself to take control of the mothership so to speak and we gave you part one of that episode. This is part two. And again, this was recorded on Thursday morning, May the 19th, before the big news regarding the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation and the best of the Super Juniors. And Derek and I spoke about that and a whole lot of other topics, including AEW. And we're going to have a whole segment on that as well. But we're going to take a brief time out for the best in the game. And when we come back, part two of episode 310 of the Hoots Podcast here on the Heat Wrestling Podcast. Don't go away. we got a lot more coming at you. Yo, father, last night I heard someone real bad. Elaborate, my son. What provoked this act? I wanted his belt, man. But, my son, it is written, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Hey, man, he took the first swipe. Haven't we always been told to turn the other cheek? Yes, father. But when he took that swing on me, he broke my toothpick. So I raised him high above my head and slammed him to the ground. Toothpick? You slammed a man to the ground because he knocked a toothpick from your mouth? Who do you think you are, Razor Ramon? My father, how'd you know? The new WWF generation. Put your faith in us. And this one's for Father Carrick. Oh, and this one's for Sister Joyce. Let's transition now. Let's talk about this week in WWE. And we'll go through SmackDown and Raw pretty quickly here because uh, I think good shows, um, not, not a whole lot happened uh, because we do have to talk about the, uh, the major storyline. So let, let's break down Raw and SmackDown and Raw real quick, and then we'll talk about the main uh, piece of news, of course, that yeah. has come out. Um, and, that, uh, and that actually affected what happened on Raw. So Raw, um, yeah. let's start with SmackDown real quick. Um, I, I thought SmackDown was a good show this week. We've talked about some of this stuff in the previous segment. Um, so I just have a couple things I want to want to bring up. And Tony, I want to get your response to. Um, I really like the opening promo from Randy Orton, uh, Riddle, and Sami Zayn. Uh, I loved when Riddle called uh, Sami Zayn Rusty. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and Riddle is so Riddle is so unpredictable. He's naturally unpredictable. Yes, but it also makes him likable. Because, oh, because the way that he is on television with, with mm -hmm. the voice and everything, that's who he is. Really? That's how he is backstage in that's, real life? That, come on, man. That, <laughs> that's, that's him. So it's just bringing it out for the, for the world to see, you know, like, like and I've, you know, I've interacted with him and I've worked with him. And so it's, 
that that's who he is you know know, very you know natural you know it's kind of easy you know easy going guy or whatever but that's him and a lot of people you know they they like it so when uh riddle and and randy are are in the ring with the usos and it brings something out of randy orton that probably hasn't been brought out in a long time because we it's like it's like brock lesnar it's like we see this fun side of Brock Lesnar. Like, when did this show up? And, and then, it's fantastic. It, right. And then Randy, young master Randall Keith, it's like Riddle is like, why is Randy Orton riding a scooter? Or why is Randy Orton, you know, you know, the, the keys to Riddle's like, you would have never seen that. But it works because of the combination. And I think yeah. that they bring a tremendous asset to it. Well, and that's, and of course, it's a testament to how good Randy Orton is. Like, oh, he of is. Course. He's he's one of the first ballot, first ballot Hall of Fame. He's he is in and I use this word how it's properly supposed to be used. He's in elite territory like Orton. Is in air. Yeah, right. <clears throat> there you go. Like with yes. the Triple H and Undertaker seen He's in that category, too. Yes. And I, I've said this and this may be controversial. I've already thrown Roman Reigns in that group, too. I he's think Roman, I, I think Roman Reigns is amongst the glorified air of. Austin Rock, Undertaker, Triple H, Cena, Orton. Reigns is in there. Especially for this Hands generation. Down. Yes, hands down. Hands down. And a lot of people have given me, I wrote an opinion piece about that. Check it out on Wrestling Rumors. Um, and I got, I definitely got a lot of flack for that. Shocking. The internet wrestling community <laughs> gave me props for, or gave me a hard time for liking Roman Reigns. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, so good stuff there. Um, we've talked about uh, Ronda Rousey with Kel Rodriguez. Uh, I, you know, we've got the Baron Corbin Madcap Moss thing that's still going on. Um, I don't know what you think about this, Tony. I'm kind of ready for this to be over and for them to each go on to do something else. Um, my initial thought was, and I said this before, I thought Baron Corbin could be a great fit for Judgment Day if he goes back to that old kind of old lone wolf. Yes, you you pair him up with Judgment Day. He's like, I tried, you know, I tried to appease to the sheep. I tried to I tried to find my way through money and through whatever, but this is you know. Let me let me go back to being who I really am. Yes, exactly. So I thought he'd be great. I think Madcap Moss has is very talented. He's taken <laughs> the storyline, this gimmick, and turned it into something incredibly entertaining. Right. So and I and with with Baron Corbin and you know what, when it comes to Judgment Day, which we'll talk about on Raw, mm-hmm. there's always a point in uh, somebody's career where they eventually have to make that kind of character storyline driven decision. And if you were able to do the, the Baron Corbin judgment day thing, look no further than when he failed to cash in money in the bank. Yep. And you could use that as I tried doing it this way. I tried doing it that way. Why am I trying something that, that I was wanting to work when I already had something that worked. And I love it. What if, what if Corbin against a, you know, Mad Cat Moss or Riddick Moss or Riddick Bow, whatever his name is, what <laughs> if, uh, what if he loses to Mad Cat Moss and has a complete nervous breakdown? I love it. It could work. I, of course it could. Baron Corbin, I think Baron Corbin is one of the most um, kind of under the radar yes. talents that WWE has. And he's fantastic at everything he does. 
and he's and he's intelligent yes. and he's smart yes and he he's he's he knows what to do and there's a there's a reason why for example there's a reason why they're putting mad cat moss with him because yes like we could put him here we could put him here we could put him there but no baron is Baron's been through that NXT system, the, the, the heyday of the NXT system. You know, Ma, he, uh, Madcap Moss, he was kind of there, kind of in the end. We really didn't know what to do with him, but he's kind of been around. Corbin can, you know, take him under his wing and kind of bring him up and show him, okay, hey, this is what we need to do. And like you said, I think Corbin, one of the most, definitely one of the top tier, under the radar guys, utility players of the roster. Hundred percent, and 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 everybody needs that. You know, it's yes. an NFL team needs an offensive line. You know, they need yeah. people to to work with. You know, to guard the main event players or whatever. That's and why there's a bench in the NBA. That's right. That's right. And it doesn't it doesn't mean anything less as Baron Corbin as an individual no. or as a talent. But that's his. No. That is his role. That's his role. But you can have a role, but if you don't perform at it, and he does, correct. And that's why there will be bigger roles for him in the future because he works so well at this. Yeah, because he's he's proven that he can do whatever. Yes, that's we'll we'll talk about this when we get to RAW. Um, actually, I'm gonna save that for when we get to RAW. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about this week um, is we've talked about Ronda Rousey, we've talked about Shayna Baszler. Um, I thought Butch is starting to look really good, and this gimmick oh. is working for him. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. working for him. And a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, they changed Pete Dunne. He's not the bruiserweight." <laughs> ah! Oh my God, change! No, it's working fine, and he's doing a great job with it. So, is why are people complaining? Pete Dunne is on SmackDown and is being featured. He's on the main roster. Should you know what fun? you know what it is? Because they, it's like, for example, it's like it's like Triple H. We know Triple H when he had the long hair, when he had the mutton chops. Mm-hmm. He needs to stay like that forever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, shaves his head completely bald. No, that's not that's not the Triple H I know. Pete Dunne is the same thing. No, that's not that's not the Bruiser way. No, that that's, that that can't be. No, he you know he's a former uh, WWE UK champion, and he was this, and no, he's a tag team. No, he 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 has to be the Bruiser way in WWE. This is why we can't have nice things because we <laughs> because we can't. We don't appreciate them when they evolve or change. Who knows? Maybe he wanted to evolve and change into it anyway. But he's in. Right. But now he's in a spot. He's featured on main television. He's and he's not being put in, you know, matches, you know, per se every week. So that's doing tremendous help to his, you know, body because it's longevity. Because everybody, you all you all have a count in your in your bump cards. So but at the end of the day, he's being used, he's being featured, and it works because now he's only being referred to by one name. And you know when you see Seamus and you see Rich Holland, you know eventually you're going to see Butch and because you want to know what he does and what he wreaks havoc because the camera's focused on him. 
And when the camera's on him, you pay attention. Correct. And and, and he had great matches at Pete as Pete Dunn. Don't get me wrong. Like right. he's a tremendous competitor. There's no doubt right. about it. But like you said, his the character is evolving. Yeah. You know, you're, you're telling me so. Like when John Cena was the doctor of thugonomics, Word you know, life. right? He evolved his character, and I'm sure people went, "Oh no, what are you doing? You're changing the doctor of thugonomics. You can't do that. He, he can't rap anymore." I think it worked out okay. Yeah, Cena. Yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, Cena's Doctor of Thugonomics. All of a sudden, he can't. He doesn't. He doesn't rap anymore. He doesn't rap every week. He doesn't do this. There's no chain. There's no this. What's up with that? Word Life is gone. The time is now. That song sucks. I like Word Life. Mm -hmm. But then it works out. Uh, The Rock, same thing. Right. Oh, he's a. Oh, he's a. You know, baby. You know, baby face, smiling, have tassels all over the place. All of a sudden. He's got an edge. Oh, Rocky sucks. Now he's got an edge. Well, he sucks even more now because he's he's with the nation. And all of a sudden, you, you throw in some shades and some attitude and some some swerve, and now all of a sudden he's the people's champ. Oh, we love him. Right. It's the evolution of the character. That's the beautiful thing about the wrestling business. It's the evolution of the character. That's why when you know it's talent. And I and I'll say this: there will be an evolution. In one of your favorite characters, which which whichever character or whichever superstar you like, whether it's WWE, AEW, whichever, there's going to be a character shift coming for your for your favorite very soon, and you're probably not going to like that either. But you're going to stick around for it. Of course you will, and it will end up being just fine. Fine, exactly. It will end up being fine. Anything else you want to say about SmackDown, Tony? No, I think you covered it pretty good. Right. All right, let's switch gears to Raw, and we'll try to get through Raw really quickly because obviously we need to spend some time talking about the the big news story of the week. So um, just a couple things from Raw um, this week. Uh, let's see. So uh, we'll start with the cage match. I thought the, the decent cage match to open the show. Um, I like the idea of Cedric Alexander keep trying to be with MVP. Yep. I, think that's, I think that that's working. Um, that's a great pairing for Cedric Alexander, and he's getting time to work with Bobby Lashley again. So I think that's great. So I really like that. Um, also feel free to stop me, um, if there's anything, um, along the way, um, I'll ask you this. What do you think about Mustafa Ali and his return to television? Uh, you know, obviously he had a lot of, you know, in internet heat or internet backing. It's not really heat, internet backing. And now he's back on television and I don't know if he's getting kind of a mini push. So I, I, I don't mind. I like Mustafa Ali. I, I, I think he's, he's very talented. So how are you feeling about this whole situation? I'm okay with Mus- uh, Mustafa Ali uh, being back and be, being given TV time. Mm-hmm. I'd still like to know, and obviously with uh, Theory, first name Austin, yes. uh, being in the uh, back pocket or side pocket of Mr. McMahon on Storyline, Mm-hmm. So what is the deal with the Miz being special referee for all of Theory's matches? Maybe there's a little bit of a money. <laughs> Listen, cash rules everything around me. So maybe the maybe the Miz has something to do with that. Maybe the Miz is trying to you know stop you know Ali's push. But the fact that uh, Ali's in there with Theory mm-hmm. that means something. Yep. And whether you like the Miz or not, there's a reason why he's in this spot. Maybe it's to help Mustafa Ali along. 
And when it comes to valuable television time, you can't really say that he hasn't, you know, Ali, that is, hasn't gone along with it. I think he's been doing good in his role. And I think it's going to lead to some bigger things down the line for him. Um, You you just have to capitalize on that TV time. And I think that he's, I think he's doing it. I don't have a problem with, with him being back. Um, I think that eventually we want to see more from him and I think we'll get it. Agreed. Um, by the way, speaking of utility players, I mean, Miz. I mean, the Mizzle. You're, you're telling me like WWE will drop the Miz in anything and it will work because yes. it is fantastic. Because he's the because he's the Mizzle and he can do that. Correct. I mean, and again, utility players can also end up. It can work out really well for them. He's got his own television show that's now on his third season. He's yes. an ambassador for the company. Like. The and Miz I'm gonna, and I will say this about the Miz. One day, I mean, people like us, I think we appreciate the Miz because we've always appreciated the Miz. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of fans out there that will appreciate Miz when he's gone. For, oh, good point. Yeah, after he's retired and, and after he's-, he's gone and retired, and they'll think back to all the moments that he, you know, that he made them feel. I don't. I think the Miz is. I don't think the Miz is appreciated now as he could have, mm-hmm. and I think that's due to the current generation of wrestling fans. But I think when it's all said and done, Miz will definitely get his spot where it's due. Yes, and I think a lot of people will will appreciate the Miz when his career is over, two or three years down the line, and nobody, I think nobody can do what he did. It's just like the song says, "Say goodbye to the good old days because they're never coming back." I love it. I love it. Very, very, very cool. Okay, uh, going forward, a good match with Riddle and Jimmy Uso. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Judgment Day. And I know we're going to talk about that. So I wrote down here in my notes, Edge is explaining why jumping off of 20-foot ladders doesn't make any sense at all. And my first thought was, I wonder if AEW is watching this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't help but take a dig at that. Uh, When Darby Allin, if he would have missed by (laughs) it would have ruined it. It would have ended his career. Uh, Um, Well, well, you never know. I mean, it only only takes one uh, cutter from Sammy Guevara. To Cody Rhodes off the top of a twenty foot ladder. Correct. Coincidentally, yeah. But but no, I I think Edge is. I think Edge is right. Like Edge, in a weird way, when you're a heel, Mm -hmm. you want to believe. You believe in what you're saying because it's the truth, and you say it because nobody else has the guts to say it. Yep. And I think this is this is the final major character change of edge's career is yeah. something that he he wants to do to elevate this new crop of of, of talent mm-hmm. into into superstars now whatever happens after that is after that but i think whatever happens now i think he's going to make the, the most of it i like the i like judgment day and i like the fact that with the exception of a moment here or a moment there we don't see him in the ring every week which I think is good. But I will tell you, this, the person that's going to benefit the most from this entire Judgment Day storyline is Liv Morgan. Yeah. I think Liv Morgan, Debbie, I mean, WWE sees something in her. They're putting her with AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Finn Balor, yes. Like, that's that's something. Correct. That's, so I, that's I, huge. I think so, too. So that's why I think the person that's going to benefit from all of this is Liv Morgan. 
And um, you could definitely tell she was still a little bit starstruck a little bit on, and maybe she was, that was the gimmick she was trying to play. She was a little bit starstruck this week on television being with, with um, AJ Styles and Finn Balor, but Hey, she's getting profiled uh, with some of the best talent in the world. Right. So exactly. I think it's and terrific. She She's being featured. She's being uh, spotlighted and there is going to come to a point where there will be eventually a six a six person tag, yep. and we're and we're going to want to see the interaction between her and Rhea Ripley, sure. with the the new Rhea and what's going on with with Finn and AJ and and, and Liv, but we're going to want to see that. Yep, I'm going to want to see how how Liv Morgan also interacts with Damian Priest and Edge. I yes. think that, that could be really good too. Um, yeah, and especially with the the story that she automatically per, portrays just by being herself, mm-hmm. that that is something. Again, there's a whole bunch of we, we've seen the AJ Edge, AJ Priest, Finn Priest. We've kind of seen that dynamic happen within the last couple of months. But the but like you said, the wild card is Liv Morgan. She's right. the whole wild card in the whole thing. We knew it was going to happen for Rhea, but. The whole wild card in this is is Liv Morgan. I think she's definitely going to come out uh, shining. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, okay, going ahead. Um, Cody Rhodes has established himself as the person that I want to see the most on Raw every week. Yes. It's oh, yeah. Fan-freaking-tastic. And him and Seth Rollins are complete magic together, both inside and outside of the ring. Um, I Cody Rhodes – What I, I Whenever I see him on television this uh, anytime, he looks so happy. Yes. Back. And you it's can all, tell that he's almost like, like he looks free, doesn't he? Yes. He looks genuinely like I'm home. This is where I've always wanted to be. I had to go away for a while, reinvent myself. And I, you know, which absolutely make a name for myself, make WWE want me back. And he right. did it. And he, over these last uh, two months since his return, uh, to me, he has, like I said, he's established himself as the person I want to see on Raw most every week. And I pop every time his music hits. I pop, uh, especially when, like, the line, wrestling has more than one royal family. That, right. that still pops me every single time. So I another ast- amazing promo from Cody Rhodes. We're going to get an incredible match between him and Seth at Hell in the Cell. I absolutely love every bit of this. And like you said, Cody just seems free. Like he feels at home. And I think now, I think personally, he has a little bit more um, power and a little bit more confidence in his abilities. And I Mm -hmm. think that that has a lot to do with it. You could kind of tell during the tail end of his AEW run, something was a little bit off with him. You could tell that he was, he was kind of happy, but there was just, there was something there that put him off. And I don't, and I, and just, I I don't think that he felt complete yet. And I don't think he's complete here yet, Mm -hmm. but I think he's a lot further off now than where he was six months ago. And, you know, being, you know, they're not putting him in with anybody. They're putting him with Rollins in an extended program from WrestleMania to, to Hell in a Cell. They're only putting him in with, with people that will, you know, that he not only he trusts, but they trust in him to make sure that, hey, you know, we're safe coming in. We're going to be safe going out. We're going to get through this. But everybody wins. Now we get a Rollins Rhodes three in a Hell in a Cell. 
that's going to be another show stealer. And to me, it's going to, you know, whether it, whether it, it's a positive or negative, whether he wins or not, the story now for Cody Rhodes is the chase. It's the chase for him to get to that level that he talked about to be WWE champion or to be the universal champion or probably for him to be the WWE champion. And that's in the, that's the chase. We are now in the chase with Cody Rhodes to be WWE champion. And it's not going to be a straightforward edge either. Who knows? He could lose in Hell in a Cell, but we're still going to be with him for the chase. That's what we're in with him at. And I think it's great to see. Absolutely. And I, I wrote an opinion piece about this too on Wrestling Rumors, but I think he needs there, he's the only option to take down Roman Reigns, right? He's now. it. I think, yeah, I think with Roman Reigns through no fault of their own, he's no. demolished everybody. And now they've they've book boxed themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've we've put him in with this guy, we put him in with this guy. We've put him in with Owens and everybody. Who who are we going to put him in with? Somebody who he hasn't faced before. Or, has well, hasn't faced in eight years. In in, in eight years, and he's a completely different person from the last time that he faced it. Yep. To me, I think he's the only option to take down Reigns. And and again, no fault to anybody else in the company at all. Right. But um, storyline-wise, who's left and who's logical? Correct. Correct. Okay, one other thing I want to talk about before we get into the main um, thing, and that's Kevin Owens is another person that I look forward to seeing. <laughs> so entertaining. Every single week. Oh so my God. It's great. Like, I, I, I wrote down my. I don't notes. care if you're Kevin Owens or Ken Owens. He is, he is, and I know a lot of people were so wanting him to go the, to the wrestling that is all elite when his contract expired. Listen. The one one thing that I will agree with Samoa Joe with it's pro wrestling. Be happy for the talents, whether they're happy in AEW or happy in WWE. I think Kevin Owens now is showing his comedic side, and we like it. A lot of people are yes, I understand. A lot of people just like the straight wrestling. Yes, wrestling is entertainment. But why were Ric Flair's promos so legendary year after year after year, especially in the WCW days? Because it was entertaining. You want to pay to see him appear and talk just as much as you wanted to see him wrestle, if not more of it. And I think Kevin Owens bring this. No, it's not Ezekiel. See this? This is Ken Owens. You know that it's me. Yes, we all know what it is, but Kevin Owens is just like, you know what? Yeah, I know who it is. Hey, I could do this too. Check this out. And I think it's wonderful to see. And a lot of people, I saw people see, you know, oh, he had this match with here, here. They just think it's the matches. No, Kevin Owens is still in that that mid-top to lower top tier level. He's still there and he's entertaining. And he's a part of what makes Raw must-see every week. Yes, there are a lot of things on Raw that you know that people don't like. But like you said, people want to see Cody Rhodes. People want to see Kevin Owens, and they want to they want to laugh and have a, they want to have a good time. 
And when you see Kevin Owens, you cannot have a good time. No, it's hilarious. Like every, I, I wrote down, play a drinking game. And it gets time, Ezekiel over. Yeah, take, take a shot every time he corrects the Ezekiel commentary team when he's when he's at Ezekiel Elias. Ezekiel Elias. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, my yeah, my name is Kevin Patrick. No, your name is Bert. That's your that's your name. I love like, it. Like, well, here's the other thing. Kevin Owens main evented WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. And did. yet people want to see him go to all elite rep so he could be relegated to being fourth fiddle to the elite. Like, give me a break. Which I will which I will talk about in the critically yes. acclaimed segment. Indeed. But listen, he's happy, he's having fun. And yes. probably most important to him, he gets to be with his family. Absolutely. I love it. You, you love can't it. lose. Can't lose. Okay. Let's talk about the main event storyline um, of the week, which kind of segues into the main event of Raw. Uh, so obviously the big storyline of the week, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi reportedly. And we don't have all of the facts yet, of course. Um, they're just starting to come out. Um, but from what we've seen, um, as reported on um, PW Insiders, reported this. Bleacher Report has reported this. That this is not a that this is not a work. That this is legitimate. Now again, what is legitimate and what isn't in professional wrestling yeah. uh, these days? But supposedly the the story is that uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi were not happy with uh, their creative direction when they got to the arena on Monday. Uh, they found out that uh, Naomi that eventually uh, that Naomi was going to pin Sasha Banks, and she was going to end up um, putting Bianca Belair over at Hell in a Cell, with Sasha Banks eventually putting Ronda Rousey over at right. Hell in a Cell. Um, and they just said, you know what? Nope, we're not doing this. They handed the women's tag team title belts back to John Laurinaitis and walked out and did not perform. And apparently, this all happened within an hour of Raw going on the air. So mm -hmm. they had to quickly scramble and, and put together some vignettes and it ended up being Becky Lynch and Asuka with Asuka now facing Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell, which I cannot wait for. That is going to be a terrific match. So it, that part about it worked out. Um, now again, and Tony, uh, this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm glad you're here because you know, you are, you are in the business and you, you, much to everyone's chagrin, I mean, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna say anything about that. I can, I can, I can say it. But um, so, uh, so here, here's my thoughts, and I, and I want to hear from you, and I want to get your response to this because I, I see this two ways. Um, one is, you know, of course, you're, you know, somebody who is sticking up for themselves and saying, "Hey, this, this doesn't work. This doesn't work," you know, and um, you know, I, I, I feel that you know, you've put us in this situation where. We've been really trying to build this women's tag team division. We're really trying to get this thing going. And now you're now creative is saying, oh, just kidding. We're now going to have you put over our single stars who we're pushing right now. And they're like, no, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't work for me, brother. To quote an old, um, an old, uh, an old yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see it that way. But also I, I, I see it like, you know what? You're an independent contractor. This is, you know, here in WWE, you know, we run the show. We tell you what to do and you go out there and do it. That's how we've done it for a long, long, long time now. And they're, ba they're basically independent contractors who refuse to do a job. So now my, and my thought on this is this <clears throat> and now if more facts come out and my, you know, as uh, John Maynard Cades, the economist says, when the facts change, so does my opinion. So right. if new opinion facts come out, my opinion will change on this, but I have said, said for years, that I think Sasha Banks is overrated. 
I think Sasha Banks. I've heard you say that. Yes, I think Sasha Banks, you know, I refer to her as overrated Banks because I, you know, and she has a history of this. If this was a first time offense, fine, then we can we can talk about it and, and, and these things will smooth out. This is there's been a repeated pattern of this behavior. And for Sasha Banks to have this fan base that she does, but she's not, quote unquote, the face of the company or whatever. There's got to be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. So to me, uh, my, my initial reaction to all this is it's time for WWE to cut bait. It's time for WWE to say, you know what? Thanks, Sasha. You're, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. And I think they let Sasha Banks go. Keep Naomi because I think Naomi has, you know, she's, it's, it's tricky too because she's got some ties to Jay Uso and uh, Jimmy Uso and stuff like that. I think you can take Naomi and make that work somehow, punish her a little bit, and then get her back. I, I've said she needs to be with the bloodline for, for a long time. I think yeah. that could work out. Quite, I think we both have said that. Yeah, that could be amazing. And this is an easy way to get her into the bloodline. But I, I think it's time for WWE to cut bait. They need to send Sasha Banks on her merry way. Let Sasha Banks go to Hollywood. Let Sasha Banks go to AEW, where I think she would be – her and AEW deserve each other um, for, for numerous reasons. But – I, I think it's time. I think it's time for WWE to say, thanks, Sasha. You've been great. It's time to move on. So that's kind of my thought on all this. Tony, what what do you think about this whole situation and what WWE should do? You could understand, Brother Carter, Derek Laurinaitis, that... Uh, <laughs> I am director of operations. so That, I is, that is true. I, I do understand yes. this, yes. Yes, you know about people power. People power! Uh, people power. Which, Still by the way... That, one of the great gimmicks of the 2010s. I'm which, sorry, which, but it was. Which, which, by the way, you are free to come on my show. We'll rewind a whole episode. <laughs> we've got to do this. Yes. We have to do this at some point. I yes, need to come on the Heat podcast. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. My people will contact your people. Yes, yes. Yes. And I, and I'll, there, like you said, there's two ways of thinking about this. There are, and you and I have both seen the support on both sides. There is a side, you know, pro Sasha. She's doing what she's, you know, standing up. You know, she's doing what she believes is right. And to a certain extent, that's true. And it's, it's worked a, for other people in the past. And so it's I worked for other people, yes. And I've seen people support the WWE side where it's, um, you know, hey, she's done this before. You know, how many times are you going to do this? And then I've also seen the other side of, no, this is real. No, it's got to be a work, brother. They're working us. I've seen that. And, you know, pers and personally, on a, on a professional, personal level, I've had no complaints ever with, you know, with Sasha Banks, black actors. That's our thing. We've done that. Um, <laughs> There's there's a there's a story behind that too. Dude, um, great Chappelle show reference, by the way. Bravo. That, thank you, thank you. Well and, done. And, thank you. And hey, that's that's that was our thing. <laughs> when that was that was our thing. Whenever you know, I would be working, you know, her matches or Surratt's matches. That was our thing. Hey, black actors, you know. <laughs> You know, hey, black actors, man, we gotta stick together. Uh, that, but that was that was our thing. That was our thing in the locker room. So, great. When it comes to this, there are there's three sides to this story. There's Naomi's side. There's Sasha's side. 
There's Vince McMahon's side, and the truth is somewhere in all of it. Here's my question to, to the reports that went out there, because uh, you and I have seen the same reports, and there was reports that Naomi was scheduled to win the six-pack challenge, and she was going to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Sasha was going to, as part of the tag team titles going across all main roster brands, Sasha was going to challenge for Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So I personally would have loved to see both of those matches take place because even if they had even but you know then again if even if they had lost there would have been some kind of negative narrative in between them saying that they're holding them back but we would have been talking about them more we would have wanted to see rematches that was one of the reports that i that i saw um the problem with the elevation of the women's tag team championship and we talked about partnerships and tag teams so how many legitimate partnerships or tag teams besides Naomi, sorry, besides Natalia and Shayna Baszler, do you actually have in WWE? Who do you have besides, besides them who are a team? And who you're going to, and who else? who's not involved in a storyline, could you put together and believe in as viable challengers for the tag team titles? There's not many you can think of. No. So if, if, if they are, I would think maybe an NXT, but I'd... But, 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 but think about this. If you were able to do that in NXT then why is there the creation of an NXT Women's Tag Team Championship in the first place? Good point. So that eliminates NXT from the deal. So now you just have to hang with Raw and SmackDown. And there's not many to pick from. And this has been going on from the elevation of the titles or the wanted elevation of the titles even before Sasha and Naomi were tag team champions. So this has been going on for, for a long time. What I would say is, and, it's, it's, and my other thing is this, with all of the noted walkouts, why would WWE put a statement out? I thought about that too. About this. Yeah, I thought about that too. Saying they're saying that we apologize for the, uh, you know, for the advertisement of the main event. So that means either one of two things: either this is, you know, we apologize because you know maybe that this main event was going to happen. Maybe they were going to give this six pack challenge significant time at the end of the show, maybe 30, 35 minutes. And that way, everybody would be talking about the entire gauntlet match as a whole, just like they did with the Rhea Ripley thing. Right. And people were talking about that. Maybe that they were invested in this match, match happening. So I think when it comes to this and WWE, nobody really knows. And nobody is going to know unless there is some kind of a 
WWE 24 Broken Skull session kind of a thing where we will get maybe 25% of what really happened. So both sides, in my view, are in the right. And also both sides personally and professionally could be in the wrong. So, and there was also a report that I saw that Sasha Banks and Naomi have been taking off of all scheduled live events until July. I just, I just saw that this morning too. So with, if that's the case, then what really is the status of the women's tag team championship that are currently sitting on the front desk of John Laurinaitis's office? Because if I was John Laurinaitis, you know, if I if I was running the company, and if somebody had was a champion and had dropped the belt, sorry, if they had dropped and if they put the intellectual property of the championship <laughs> belt on my, I can't say belt either, but I can't hear. If yeah. they put it on the on my <laughs> desk, I would call Vince or anybody else in the logistics. I would be like, Vince, I just spoke to uh, Sasha and Naomi. Actually, didn't speak to me. Uh, they <laughs> dropped the belt on my desk, so we're gonna vacate the titles immediately. The titles aren't even vacated. So again, both parties in the right. Both parties in the wrong professionally and personally. I think there's going to be a cooling off period and a long one. I think that the pro Sasha Banks supporters and the negative ones are going to be out in full force for this. I am going to stand back, let the hurricane come through, and just watch it all marinate because, you know, something is going to happen. And who knows, like you said, you know, what if, you know, what if it does happen? You know, and they do cut ties with her. She doesn't have to go to wrestling if she doesn't want to. Of course not. And then again, and her, and you know, this was years ago, and which is true too. You always want to go somewhere where you're valued. So, you know, if you don't, and and yes, she, you know, she is a she's one of the in the of the names of the company. You cannot be. In my opinion, you can't, unfortunately, it's not the generation where you can be the name and the face of a company when there's so many other ones who are doing the same thing that you are. So it's, it, it can't be like, it's like the 90s, because in the 90s, in WWF, there was, you know, you had your top tier guys, Rock, Austin, Hunter, Undertaker. Kane was was in there, but those four guys. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you had your Trish, your in your Lita, you had your 1A, 1B, and then you know, you had your your fine tool utility players, your Victorias, your Molly Hollies, your Jazzes, but you knew who they were. People know who Sasha Banks is. And she is one of the most recognizable faces and names in the company. So that cannot be denied. She's already reached that level. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be infinitely pissed off that they will never get the Sasha Banks Trish Stratus dream match. I would like to come on this show and say for the record that I never thought it was going to happen in the first place. Of course not. Because 
If this was prime Trish and prime Sasha, we would like to see that. And I think WWE has taken a stance on their dream matches lately, especially after the whole Undertaker Goldberg thing. But, yeah. Um, but uh, all said and done, I think there just needs to be a cooling off period. It needs to be a reevaluation. And, the, and all the parties with an independent mediator need to sit down and figure out exactly what the hell we need to do. Either we want to be there, we need to do this, or we need to buy out our contract, or we need to do this. Um, the future of both of them is uncertain mm-hmm. at this point. WWE is always going to continue. That's the thing about WWE. They're always going to, if there's a hole in the tire, they're always going to patch it. Or they're gonna buy a new, better, run flat tire. They're always going to do that. No one, so, no one person is bigger than the company. Exactly, and and they've always said that. And uh, the company is full of people who are willing to work it. So, um, you know, at this point, I think there's a cooling off period, and I think there's going to be a reevaluation period, and then we will see what happens uh, at a later date. Well said. That's a great way to put it. Uh, we we don't know what's going to happen, I, and obviously the story is still a developing story. It's we've evolving. Had, <laughs> evolving. We've talked yeah, about that. that. Yes, yeah. it is an evolving story. So, uh, great stuff this week, and great topics. Uh, great talk about this week in WWE. So, uh, before we transition to the flagship flagship segment, say that ten times fast. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about NXT or New Japan or anything? You mentioned you might want to talk a little bit about so, that. So I'll make I'll make this quick if I can. Uh, NXT will be uh, considered the Carmelo Hayes uh, show, and I've said this uh, a million times. I think a lot of people uh, see this young man, uh, whether it's Carmelo Hayes or Christian Casanova. I think a lot of people have seen him as one of the top faces in NXT. And I think overall... I wouldn't be surprised if Carmelo Hayes steps away from Trick Williams and becomes NXT champion. With that said, I think NXT really has gone back to the uh, Vince McMahon model of trying to highlight the young talent, trying to highlight the younger talent is what they're doing with NXT and level up and really trying to bring in the veterans who are you know, really willing to help out the young talent uh, like an Italia and a Dolph Ziggler. And I think that uh, NXT going forward, um, I think NXT going forward, while it may not be the, um, the brand that you or so many other people are, are used to, especially me, you know, you, you miss the, the black and gold and the toughness and, you know, all of the, the, the mainstays in NXT have either gone off to uh, AEW or another place. I think NXT right now is on the way up. And I think you need to take a look at people like, you know, a Braun Breaker. I've said, you know, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, by the way, he's another guy. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes is another guy. Um, you know, just to take a look and see at the talent. They have some good talent. And no, it's not going to be perfect. But remember, they're in the system. They're learning. They're training. And expect, you know, NXT 2.0, you know, the talents that are there, they're going to be rapidly improving within the next year. Also, keep your eyes on, on Level Up. I haven't had a chance to check out Level Up, but most of the, the talents who maybe aren't featured on NXT every week, they're going to be on Level Up. Um, Roxy, who was the, or Roxanne Perez, who was the Ring of Honor uh, 
world women's champion at the time. You know, she's definitely a prodigy. She's uh, you know, 21 years old. Um, Sloane Jacobs, she's another one. There's a lot of talent that, you know, are going to be involved in the NXT system. I think people need to pay attention to. And the reason why I pay attention to is if you get a chance, kind of go back and see their stuff before NXT, kind of value and value the history of why these people got to where they did. You know, you got you you do it for Danielson, you do it for Daniels, you do it for all the main guys. Take a look at these young guys too. Don't let their WWE work uh, define them just because they're there. Um, when it comes to uh, New Japan, and I'll say this for uh, for Josh Lopez, who's taking some time off. Best of the Super Juniors, kids. The best of the Super Juniors. And yes, I am talking about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've actually gotten into a lot of New Japan in my library as of late because I really I like to see the the evolution of the product. Wrestle Kingdom this year really got me involved in it. I've always heard of New Japan, but it really got me invested into the last couple of years of it. Um, I will say that uh, I now have in my possession the last five years of New Japan, including the match that uh, Derek uh, wanted to watch, which is the uh, Okada Omega 65-minute deal. Um, so we will watch that on my show. Um, but... Um, yeah, but the best of the Super Juniors, if you guys don't know what the best of the Super Juniors is, um, it is a round-robin style tournament, which, by the way, you, you if you always wondered why WWE only does single block, single elimination tournaments, instead of the round-robin deal, I think round-robin is a, a lot more fun. There's a point system and tiebreakers, but basically two blocks of, of, uh, two blocks of wrestlers. Everybody will face everybody in that block. And the winner of the A block will meet the winner of the B block in the finals. And the winner of that will get an IWGP junior heavyweight title match, I believe, either at Dominion or a uh, future one. And this one goes back to uh, the original Super Juniors, which I know the last kind of best of the Super Juniors was kind of limited to only New Japan because of the COVID uh, pandemic. But now with uh, you have uh, Ace Austin from Impact Wrestling, Clark Connors from the LA Dojo, Wheeler Utah is also in the best of the Super Juniors. And then, of course, you have uh, New Japan uh, stalwarts. Uh, you know, you have Sho, Yo, Hiromu Takahashi, who's about, who could win it for uh, who could win it for the third time as, as uh, best of the Super Juniors. And remember, uh, people like Will Ospreay, he was uh, he's won the best of the Super Juniors and he's gone on to be junior heavyweight champion and IWGP world heavyweight champion. So a lot of big things can happen out of the best of the super juniors, um, especially you have uh, people like, um, you know, Yo uh, from Roppongi 3K and one of the best of the super juniors. He was on a four, he lost the first three matches of his block, won the next seven in a row in his block and made it to the finals. Uh, Shingo Takagi, who was borderline junior heavyweight slash heavyweight, but he was on the, on the, he was on the cusp. Um, he was undefeated in New Japan, including the first, the entire uh, best of the Super Junior bracket until he suffered his first loss in New Japan in the finals. So uh, the best of the Super Juniors, I think, is a, is a great tournament. In, in my opinion, New Japan has the best junior heavyweight wrestling on the planet uh, with, with great uh, talent and it's a storyline there's definitely an, an emotional uh super juniors match 
with uh, Rocky Romero and El Fantasmo because El Fantasmo was undefeated, carried a hunk of metal in his boot for over a year. Um, and then Rocky Romero gave uh, El Fantasmo his first loss in the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, even though Rocky, he didn't win it, Rocky ended up with, I think, four or six points, but got the most emotional win of his career. And he made event in Currican Hall and people were you know, crying. And it, it was great. So check out the best of the Super Juniors. Um, they're going to end up, And the good thing about the best of the Super Juniors is it's not just one night. It's a series of shows that goes into the finals. It's the same way with the G1 Climax. It's the same way with the World Tag League. Uh, Super Junior Tag League. So definitely check out, um, if you can, uh, Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, check out, you know, people like Ace Austin. TJP is in the Best of the Super Juniors. Nice. Um, Francisco Akira, he's in the Best of the Super Juniors as well. Um, you know, you have people like Doki, El Desperado, uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So you've got um, some good Americans in there, you know, good gaijin, but you also have some great New Japan and people that they haven't seen before entering their first best of the Super Juniors. So you definitely want to uh, check that out. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I will be having, when he returns, I will be having uh, Josh Lopez on uh, my show, uh, Heat the Wrestling Podcast, and we will cover... Um, the best of the super juniors, I believe at least until the either semifinals or finals or whichever, but I, I definitely want to have Josh on to cover uh, new Japan. We're going to do some new Japan rewinds as well. And uh, Derek, we're definitely going to have you on uh, as well. Uh, you and I will do the Okada Omega, but definitely check out uh, new Japan and don't sleep on uh, new Japan because uh, their storytelling, I think, especially in-ring storytelling, definitely rivals with, uh, with any major American promotion. Beautifully said. I, now, I'm excited for New Japan. Now, I might need to go check this out. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm telling you, there's... And, and we talked about Robbie Eagles. Quick story. Um, this, this goes into the emotion deal. Robbie Eagles was a member of Bullet Club at the time, and El Fantasma was... They were actually both members of Bullet Club. And what happened was uh, El Fantasma was, I believe, undefeated in that same Best of Super Juniors, I believe, 2019. And uh, El Fantasma beat uh, Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles had a match with Will Ospreay, which uh, El Fantasma had a hand in giving Robbie Eagles uh, the victory over Osprey. So that, that win alone, which I love the tiebreakers, that win alone puts four points in between the leader, Phantasmo, and Osprey, but it puts Robbie Eagles and Will Osprey, sorry, Robbie Eagles and uh, El Phantasmo, they're tied at the block. They're, they're ahead on points. They're leading the block on points. But because El Phantasmo beat Robbie Eagles, he owns a tiebreaker over Robbie Eagles at the time. Mm. So wins are definitely very important in the best of the super juniors. And because of that match that actually caused uh, Robbie Eagles in the future to leave bullet club and join chaos. So there's a lot of emotion that can happen in the best of the super juniors, especially when it comes to the finals. And I think uh, when there's certain matches that I will put you on to uh, okay. when we do our ones and you'll really get to see the, the uh, emotion in, 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 in New Japan. It'll really make you follow along with the matches. And one of the things I like about New Japan is that 
there's no comp unlike most promotions there's no comp there's no complication uh to finding somebody to invest your time in i love it i'm excited i can't wait to do that now it's flagship time it is time to transition <laughs> because there's some door that's going to be forbidden between the two. But it is time. To, this is we're going to walk through the forbidden door to transition to the flagship segment of our show. It is time for what the hell is wrong with AEW, and we're going to get things started in a three, a two, a one. It's time for <laughs> what is wrong. With A E W, yeah, <sighs> this is gonna be good. Oh my god, just makes you feel good, you know. It does. It's 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 a very uplifting theme song. Yes, it it's is. Very, it's very uplifting to before we bring things down to a screeching halt very 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 quickly. But Tony, it is time for what the hell is wrong with AEW, as Josh would say, aka what isn't wrong with AEW and if you watched this week's program this was a big what isn't the wrong wrong with AEW you could almost say what the fuck is wrong with AEW (laughs) based on this week's program but that's completely different a few things um that I enjoyed and I want to just briefly go over the things that I enjoyed really uh this week I want to get your thoughts uh Tony on what you enjoyed about this uh week uh about the show this week um for me I think there was some actually good in-ring competition this week um nice surprise to see john morrison yes. not johnny gargano despite what the internet and that's other right reporting that that was my favorite part about you it is right again the crowd <laughs> popped because they saw johnny, johnny. Like, oh yeah and then they saw morrison and we're like oh yay, yeah john morrison, yeah i like how they they just they turned on it in the first 45 they're like yeah how many names this guy got um, yeah, so but it, but nice surprise uh, to yep. see him. Uh, that was cool. Um, I enjoyed the match with uh, Adam Page and um, Takashita. I've never seen Takashita perform before, and I thought, wow, he's very talented in the ring. Yep, so that was cool. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, what what can we say about MJF that we haven't said already? <laughs> like another stellar segment from one of the what? best. Money on the mic is M- is uh, MJF. Would you would you say money on the mic is oh MJF? My God. <laughs> one of the best in the world, like bar none. He is top five in the world right now, no doubt about it. And um, I thought a good match between Kyle O'Reilly and Ray Phoenix as well. What did you like? What did you like this week from uh, Dynamite? Again, MJF at the top of the list. I really like how his uh, feud with Wardlow is going because. Yep. I think everybody's waiting to see that big fall that MJF is looking for. And I don't think anybody expected it to come from Wardlow, but I think that is going to happen on a, on a big stage. And fans are, are I, th- I think people were waiting, almost begging for a reason to get behind Wardlow. And I think support for him is growing every week. They're invested in him. And I like that. Um, again, uh, Adam Page and, and um, Adam Page's match, that was very good. I liked that. I think Punk on commentary added to it. Yep. I did. I also, very uh, nice, subtle, nudge, nudge, wink, wink on the uh, go to sleep. Yes. I did I did like that. Um, Same. You know, I think I think the go to sleep, honestly, was a little bit better than CM Punk's buckshot lariat. Uh, but, 
but uh, I did I did like that. Um, I think those were my main uh, two takeaways from it. You know, everything was a little bit here and there, but I think when it all leads to double or nothing, I want to see. All right, my like I listen. I know my main things are punt going after the world championship and MJF. Those are the, the, the two big things. Right. And those are the two big things to me that want as an AEW fan want me to buy this pay-per-view. Because if the because if the headline if the headliners aren't gonna make me buy it, I'm not going to buy it. Well, and we're going to talk about that here in a second is what reasons do we have besides that to purchase the pay-per-view? Well, we're going to get to that in just in just a little bit. The other thing I say I liked about punk on commentary and is I think he kept calling it the punk shot lariat, which I thought was a I nice, like that. Yeah, I like that. was that. a nice touch as well. So I thought that was great. But now, Tony, let's get into it. And what the hell is wrong with AEW? Okay, so we let's get to go back to this opening match. So we've got Johnny Elite who everybody thought it was going to be Johnny Gargano. And we're thoroughly disappointed. And it was, which to me, I, I, I loved it. When I realized what had happened, because I saw Johnny Elite and then thought, oh, okay, cool, John Morrison, great, fine. And then it took me a while to be like, wait a minute, they thought it was Gargano. And I <laughs> laughed my ass off. I thought that was hilarious. Once again, the internet wrestling marks and certain publications who report facts as facts were proven wrong by uh by AEW shocking I know. So here's the thing. Uh Samoa Joe, he's a thing. I wouldn't have known that based on previous weeks of television cuz he gets a couple of minutes in a backstage vignette and I'm supposed to invest in him. And then with Johnny Elite, it's like, okay, you have a great match, you have a good match between two great wrestlers, but Johnny Elite is going to fade into relegation and be nothing after one match. So what was the point? Why wouldn't you not put somebody that you're trying to build up in that position? like a Sammy Guevara, like a Ricky Starks, and I know they're involved with other programs by now, but you could have had, the way AEW books, you could have put them in there in a one-off match with Samoa Joe, with like a, a Guevara, a Ricky Starks, or somebody like that, Powerhouse Hobbs, or somebody like that. Instead, you go for the moment, as opposed to building up your own talent, and that's only going to take you so far as a company. And so What I would have done is I would have expanded the tournament, and I would have given those people that you just mentioned an opportunity to be in the tournament. Yes. You know, and I would have loved to see a powerhouse Hobbs Samoa Joe match. Yeah, me too. You know, and that would have been a tournament match. But it just seems like, you know, the headliners get all the spots in the tournament. I would have expanded it, made it a little bit longer, and given some of those people that you don't really see on television an opportunity to be on a, on a space like that. Right, because, I mean, again, the casual, I mean, I think AEW tries to market itself to the hardcore fan, which is fine, but that's only a very, very, very small percentage of the entire wrestling fan base, you know, like, yep. I'm a casual, I'm, I'm, I'm like, casual fan plus, you know, like, yeah. you know, so like, yeah, you, had, you were a casual fan, Every everybody was casual before they became hardcore. Right, and, you know, I watch... Most weeks I watch Raw and SmackDown and Dynamite and that's it. Like, and the pay-per-views like I, so like, I don't watch Rampage. I don't watch Dark. I don't watch Elevation. So I don't know who half these people are like, and we'll get to that here in a little bit when we get to the female Joker side of it. But, uh, so that's, that was my thing about that. Okay. Is, is there, is it possible to have one backstage interview in AEW that isn't interrupted by somebody? No. It seems like every time Skiavone does an interview backstage, 
he is interrupted by somebody or an interview at all right he's interrupted (laughs) like again like once in a while fine but it seems like every interview he's interrupt they're interrupted and i'm like what are you trying to do here like it's 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 the whole gimmick thing with AEW. Like if you use it once in a while, it's a gimmick and it, it enhances it. But when, when you, you do, do it every week, it's watered down. Correct, which is what has happened with the table match and the ladder match and the this and the that. It's and you get a like we talk about this every week. There's a post match brawl. It seems like in every segment, it doesn't mean anything anymore. No, in because, AEW. no, because if it's not executed well, it takes the entire match that you wanted to see. It takes that fire out of it. And you're right back to square one all over again. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Okay. I want to talk about Adam Page. And Adam Page, who may be sadly, because I like Adam Page, he may be the least efficient champion in any promotion right now, or the least believable champion in any major promotion right now. And you get into his feud with CM Punk. Who am I supposed to cheer for in this? You have two weeks ago. Adam Page comes out, cuts a heel promo for some stupid reason. Then the next week, he's cheered wildly. Punk cuts a heel promo. And now they both come out this week, and they're both cheered as amazing baby faces. Who am I supposed to cheer for in this storyline? Who am I supposed to root for to win this match? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Here, And then here's the other thing about you know, talking about booking. Why is the world champion, your supposedly your top person, booked on the second match of the show? Traditionally, the worst position on a show. You either want to be first or, or you want to be last. Right. He was booked second. Your world champion was booked second. None of this storyline makes sense to me. What do you think? Not, not just the world champion. The world. If, if you want to be real about it, the world championship match in general advertised for your pay-per-view was featured second on the show. The champion was wrestling and the challenger was on commentary second, not in the important spots. Also, when it comes to Adam page and we talked about casuals, mm-hmm. I would like to know when it comes to, Adam Page is a casual fan. Um, who, who is this guy? What? What? Why? Listen, I know who Adam Page is. I have the library to prove it. Mm-hmm. But as a casual fan, who is Adam Page? What's his story? And why? How did he become AEW World Champion? And why am I believing him in a match against CM Punk? Because most of the casual fans who probably have one known wrestling fan hardcore in their friend zone has probably told them more about CM Punk than Adam Page. Correct. So as as AEW, just like with all of their champions, not just not just uh, you know, not just a world champion, but I want to know who is this guy? Who is Adam Page? Who's, who is this champion? Why does it mean much to them to defend this championship? And I don't want to hear it on a countdown show that I have to buy the pay-per-view to see it to figure out my explanation. I want you to, to on Dynamite, 
on major TV time, either a sit-down interview or a video package, I want to know who this guy is, what's his story, what did he do to get to be AEW champion, and what is he willing to do to stay there? That's what I want to know. Correct. And And I feel like I don't get that. Was again, it's because AEW markets itself to the hardcore fan, you know. But at some point, the hardcore fan is going to run out, is going to lose interest, is going to stop pumping money into this company. But Tony, Khan, but Tony Khan is going to still be expected to pay exorbitant amounts of money to all of their talent. So at some point, the business side the of it is going to meet the road somewhere. At some point, there's going to be like, okay, well, we don't have money coming into this company, but we still need to pay, overpay these talent that we signed to these lucrative deals. So now what? Mm-hmm. It, at some point, the bottom's going to fall out. Like you said, the rubber's going to meet the road at some point. So I don't know. I just It just seems like Adam Page is the biggest example of a transitional champion I've seen in a long time. And with no the, fault of Adam Page. No, absolutely. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> right. And, and it's not his fault. It's been terrible booking, and it's been – Again, like, and I like Adam Page. I want him to be successful. It's the presentation that he's been placed in. Right. And that's not his fault, which we've now, to be fair, we've seen that in WWE as well. Yes. Yeah. And we talked about that on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, but again, if this, this was the company that was supposedly going to change everything. And yet here we are. Okay. Here's another thing. Why are Fuego del Sol and Dark Order now calling out House of Black? I thought House of Black was now feuding with either Death Triangle or the Varsity Blondes. Who Varsity Blondes were not featured on television this week after House of Black beat them down and had Julia Hart almost strike uh, Brian Pillman Jr. with a chair. I was like, oh, we may have something here. And then they weren't featured on television this week. At least for the last few weeks, they haven't been featured on television. So where is this going? What's the point? I don't think anybody knows. I would have known... If more had happened last night, because this thing has been going on for a while now, and unfortunately, it's going to get to a point where the the big thing is going to happen, and nobody's going to be surprised, and nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. Yeah, nobody. That's what, and that's what we, as wrestling fans, whether you're WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, whichever the case may be, which I have a take on Ring of Honor. We want to care. We need to care. We are, you know, as fans, we're paying our money. We're watching. We're, we're, we're paying $200 a month for basic cable because we're taking our time to watch you. So what are you doing to make me care? Correct. And, and right now in AEW, there is one storyline that I, that I care about. And I'm sure for most people, there's only one storyline that people really want to see. Um, and I think that I think that was next uh, on the segment. Well, it doesn't matter because wherever it was, it was at the top of the hour. And it was MJF, of course, who as we say, right? And and by the way, Wardlow took those shots like a champ. Yes, he oh, did. Hell, that was awesome. And he, he Wardlow played his part amazingly well. And he's going to continue to do so. Yes, he is. So that was terrific. So and I, we don't need to rehash that. That no. was fantastic. Okay, we talked about Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland in the questions, which was great. And they can beat up jobbers, which is fantastic. But when are we going to see them against real competition on television? Because I don't know about you, but I'm not going to pay $60 for this pay-per-view uh, to see them in a in a trios tag team match with Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I'm not going to pay for that. I don't care. That, that is, to me, is not worth $60 for this pay-per-view. 
So when are I, we? Gonna- I, I would much rather like to see Swerve Strickland challenge Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship, but that's yes. besides me, and I, and that's pay per view quality. That's correct. But we're gonna get to see a trios match between them and Jungle Boy next week on Dynamite. Like to me, that's a pay per view worthy event. Not this tag team match that we're gonna right. be seeing. So I, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me. Um, okay, okay. <sighs> yeah, oh, I know where this. I know where this is going. Yeah, I know where this is going. You know, well, uh, well, maybe it's one of two. I, I'm gonna take. Uh, we'll see if you were right here. The Jericho Appreciation Society <laughs> does it yet again. This, I, I said this before. I now see why WWE got rid of 2.0. I'm sorry, Ever Rise. Well, 2.0, what, you know, 2.0, um, Jake Hager. I now see why WWE got rid of them. They suck. They're <laughs> terrible. And Jericho. Nothing Chris Jericho does anymore has any relevance at all. He has you felt that way for a while, dude. His dive, his fall from grace has been like the roadrunner falling off the cliff. Like it was. Listen, I believe more in the roadrunner, or, or sorry, the coyote rather, the coyote falling off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, this this is oh my god. And then this Blackpool Combat Club, which, by the way, for some reason, they're building up Wheeler Yuta, and he wasn't on television this week. So No, because he was at the best of Super Juniors. That's yeah. why. But, but, did w, but did AEW bring that up? No. No. They didn't say, they didn't say hey, Wheeler Yuta's not here because he's representing us in the in the in this tournament. It's a new thing in New Japan, oh, which they have a pay-per-view with next month. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, my God, Tony, this was a train wreck. Um, both of these factions are tragic, mostly the Jericho Appreciation Society, though. Um, this was awful. I didn't care about this at all. This was terrible. What uh, What did I, I you think a, about this? I, I was not a fan of that. I'm more, invest, I'm more invested in the Blackpool Combat Club, specifically yeah. because whenever William Regal is saying anything, it is gold, and I watch it. Yeah, but and, and and if anybody who really knows the meaning of the Blackpool Combat Club, it's Regal. So he's going to be able to explain that for us. I don't need to hear anything from Danielson or Makasli or or Yuta about it. It's no. it's Regal I want to know about, and Regal Regal does that well. But the Jericho Appreciation Society, as a group, as a faction, is not established. The Blackpool Combat Club is not established yet because you you got to have moments and matches and struggles and victories as a group to do that. And that's not there yet. And at some point, again, I'm going to want to have to believe in, um, you know, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which in my in my opinion is just a vehicle for everybody in the group to turn on Jericho anyway. And for for the Blackpool Combat Club, I see that as as having a little bit of longevity, but they need to be on their own involving their group stories first before they even have any kind of air with any kind of faction anywhere. It just it to me that that I, I would have been done with that whole segment. And by the way, with, with Everrise and all that, the way I see it is this. Uh, that's a team that should be in your tag team division 
since you cannot get any challengers for your World Tag Team Champions. So that would be uh, right there. That that would be a tag team that could actually work in it. There you go. But but hey, well, what do I know? So, There's they're stuck playing second fiddle to Chris Jericho, who's yeah. Okay. By, by now, the way, the fall from grace is the new name of the walls of Jericho. Is that oh, what you said? Oh, bravo. Yes, that's exactly okay. well done. I'm stealing that. Please, I, hope you haven't, <laughs> Thank you. I hope you haven't copyrighted that because I'm totally uh, stealing it. Uh, uh, no, but uh, we'll, we'll, like you said, uh, our, our people will talk to your people. You yeah, can right. Steal we'll that we'll, you we'll want. do some contract negotiations. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Speaking of who the hell is Maki Ito? Okay. Have... Let, let me. I'm just going to say this right now. Go ahead. Can they, in, in my opinion, you have now conditioned professional wrestling fans, and I'm not, not, not against her, but you've now conditioned professional wrestling fans to believe that the Joker is going to be somebody big, somebody noteworthy, somebody important. The word Joker means the same as the quotes Tony Khan has a big slash huge announcement. In my opinion, don't even say Joker anymore. Do what WWE does. Put a vacant image there. Let them come out because you're 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 raising professional wrestling fans' expectations until they come out and they're just like, oh well, it's just a feeder for Britt Baker. Just so, oh my! So at this at this point, why not give Britt Baker, since she was technically well, which in my opinion, no champion should be in the Owen Hart tournament. So in in, in any event, why don't you just do a storyline where Britt Baker wins a match, a non-tournament match because she didn't have an opponent, wins a non-tournament match and gets a first round bye. Thank you. But nobody does that. You have to do the Joker, and then I see on social media. Oh, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be this name or this big free agent. Just disappointed. Listen, I have no problem with the talent that they're using, but don't use the word Joker and raise the fans' expectations and have them dashed and smashed to the ground because they wanted somebody and you didn't give it to them. That happened twice on the show because again, this is Gargano. You're right. This is the problem with AEW. This is what they do. They they they're they're simply trying to create moments and they're not trying to build their stars. They're trying to look try to get the oh look who we brought in. Look how great we are. Fine. Now what? <laughs> yeah. But go yeah. well, uh, shit. Uh, we uh, this person. Yeah, great. Now what? Now what? Exactly. And, and, and then you don't see them on TV for a while. So. Anyways, yeah, this match was what, was what it was. I didn't know. I have no idea who the hell this was. And then we get the Serena Deeb Thunder Rosa promo because the women's segment always has to be right before the main event. Okay, let me say Every something about week. this. Skiavone, Skiavone now, in my opinion, just does every kind of backstage promo or every interview in general just for somehow for him to get verbally humiliated by whichever talent that he's put in front of him. Save Skiavone, put him back on commentary, or put him in situations like doing interviews and getting to know the talent. That would work for Shivani. But if he's going to get verbally assaulted by Serena Deeb 
and being called an idiot and all that, what's the point of having him out there then? Just have Serena Deeb cut off Justin Roberts and have her take the interview time. And speaking of that, uh, one thing I was interacting with somebody on social media, about the what chance came out for, for this promo. Uh-huh. The, the what chance is now the wrestling fans chance of I don't care. Yep. I don't care what you have to say. Move. You're not who I want to see right now. Move on to somebody else. Yep. And that's Correct. what it was. No if, offense to Serena Deeb or Dustin Rose, because it wasn't it wasn't meant for them. But you 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 put Shivani in a bad spot, and the fans did not care about the segment in the arena. The broadcasters made you know made it account and they cared about it, but the fans in the arena didn't because they basically chanted about it and it just took the whole steam out of the whole segment. Agreed. I agree with it. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then the final thing we have uh, really quick, um, I'll, I'll read Josh's quick contribution um, to what the hell is wrong. And basically it was the format from the show and you can pretty much uh, book it every single week. Um, the official AEW dynamite outline CM Punk or Adam Cole starts followed by the Blackpool combat club followed by MJF, followed by Tony Schiavone and Officer Barbrady backstage to hype up Rampage. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Multi-person tag match to pad stats with no story. Jericho Appreciation Society, Spot Fest or another multi-person tag. Women's match, backstage with Jade Cargill or the Hardly Boys, Excalibur, fl- Excalibur plugs, and then a main event with the ROH titles, no DQ matches, or never the main story, which is basically the format of AEW every single week. And this week's episode was pretty close to that. So good and job, la- Josh. Thanks. And, yep. And lackluster beatdowns to close down the show as well with gaining no momentum. Which, happened, also, go which ahead. happened this week. Which happened this week. And one other thing about, because I said something about Ring of Honor, so I'm just going to say this. Yep. Why you, you acquired Ring of Honor? Yeah. So you have you have the company, you have the video library, you have the intellectual properties, you have the titles. So you're you're booking the Ring of Honor champions on your on your show. Yes, they're defending the titles, but what about the promotion as a whole? Are they going to get TV time? Are they going to be able to flourish outside of AEW? Or is AEW just a way to put themselves one up on Ring of Honor? If you're going to acquire a company, at least give them the opportunity to thrive separately. That's my take on it. And like I said, I just want things to go right and well. And, you know, but when you're, you're booking Ring of Honor champions in a company like AEW, then I would expect Samoa Joe to get uh, maybe a AEW World Championship match against either Hangman Page or CM Punk or Mercedes Martinez against Thunder Rosa, and even though that match had already happened. So, you know, if you're going to have Ring of Honor into a company and acquire them and obtain the video library and intellectual properties, you know, without the TV time, 
What's the point of acquiring the company in the first place? At least give them an opportunity to thrive uh, separately and independently away from AEW because AEW is still trying to build an identity. You can't build an identity when you've acquired a existing company that already has one. You, you just can't do it. And like I said, I no problem with Samoa Joe or anybody becoming champion, but I'm thinking about the company as a whole. I'm thinking about the opportunities for, for talent, for uh, AEW talent, or maybe other talent that's not in, in uh, AEW. But the bottom line is this, when it comes to Ring of Honor you and AEW, AEW has yet to firm base build an identity. And... Absolutely. And you can't acquire a company who already has an identity and expect that company to thrive when you yourself as a company don't have an identity yet. And I would want Ring of Honor to at least be able to thrive separately for the betterment of the business. Because otherwise, what's the point of acquiring it? So, but other than that, I think you and I pretty much hit on the, uh, the hits and uh, misses of uh, the wrestling week. Indeed, indeed. And then just uh, real quick, uh, we get Adam uh, Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy in the main event, which some people considered a dream match, except they gave it about eight minutes and Adam Cole attacked <laughs> Hardy from behind. And this was all to set up the, uh, the, the aforementioned, the unavoidable match between the Hardy boys and the Hardly boys at Double or Nothing, which supposedly would be a dream match, but they haven't announced it in the pay-per-view is in less than two weeks. So there's that. So I'm sure they'll announce this. And again, I don't know what reason I have to purchase this pay-per-view, but sure. Uh, it, it may come up. We'll see. So yeah, we'll see. Anything I forgot, anything we missed, anything else we need to talk about? Nope. I think in the world of hit or miss, I think we hit on this one. Yeah, we hit on this one too. So, but AEW missed. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Well, at least we have the music to this has us. been what the hell is wrong with a e w oh boy hey jericho's <laughs> still a wizard did you know that really i i, I mean i think he always has been a, a yeah uh, a, 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 at one point i think the words oh boy that you put out i think that that summed it up pretty much yeah Hey, we ran a little bit longer than usual this week, but this yeah. has been awesome. Um, Tony, thank you so much for for coming on the show and for sharing your expertise and wisdom with all of us. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Where can people find you on the socials? They can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I'm on it. It's at Referee Tony S. There's only one, and if there's another one, please report it. Um, other than that, um, I am doing a Heat, uh, either Heat the Wrestling Podcast or the Heat Wrestling Podcast, uh, whichever uh, name it goes by these days. I'll have to talk to my executive producer about that. It's your show. You should probably. <laughs> yeah, yes, but you know, I, I say it on I say it on one term, and the graphics say another. So <laughs> trying to keep everything uniform. I got you. So you're yeah. a liar, is what you're saying. I'm 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 not I'm not a liar. Just trying to put out the truth uh -huh. uniformly, uniformly, and don't uh -huh. ever don't ever call me a liar because I'm still awaiting a performance evaluation. So oh, oh it's coming. Oh, uh, it's that's coming. right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, you follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, referee Tony S. Uh, you can check out Heat the Wrestling Podcast on Twitter. That's at the Heat Pod. Uh, name suggestions uh, for segments, rewinds. You can check those out at the Heat Pod at gmail.com. They're on all podcast platforms. Uh, good pods, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. And if we're not on it, ask for it. 
Uh, we definitely appreciate uh, your support and definitely check us out, spread the word. Uh, as far as uh, my refereeing goes, uh, you can inquire at refereetonyass at gmail.com. Serious inquiries only. Um, I will be in, um, actually my booking schedule for Joe, uh, for May is a uh, complete. I have uh, one live event June 4th uh, in Northampton, Massachusetts. One live event June 10th in Hudson, Massachusetts. I will be planning on uh, being in Charlotte, North Carolina in August um, for a huge uh, four-day wrestling convention, live event, and, and uh, all of that. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, 75, 100 names there, um, vendors, meet and greet tables, all that. I'll be reporting um, and giving you some updates on my show once that uh, becomes concluded. But again, a referee Tony us on Twitter is the main way to get at me. Uh, really looking forward to uh, talking and conversing with all of you. And again, uh, just a pleasure for me uh, to be on it and uh, to be on the Hoots podcast and to share uh, the same space with uh, Brother Adam slash Brother Carter slash Derek Stoughton slash uh, Brother Derrico, uh, Brother Laurinaitis, whatever you want to call him these days. But definitely a pleasure uh, for me to share the space with you. It really means a lot. Oh, we appreciate you, man, so much. Um, for your performance evaluation, you get an A. Absolutely. You. Your stories, you. your you. expertise, your knowledge. You even did better than Lopez on his performance evaluation. So <laughs> I may have to I may have to reshuffle the card. I may have to, you know, reprioritize the uh the, the list here, you know, the internal rankings, if hey, you will. Man. Hey, rankings so. are very important. Uh, yeah. but, mm -hmm. well, well, listen to us yeah okay, thank you. yeah to <laughs> yeah, us yes thank you yes 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 ah uh, boy anyways uh you can follow me on twitter at Derek stoughton you can follow me on instagram at derrico 6 check out all my work on derrickstoughton.com you can see what i do in my real life uh job my real life work uh, you can also check out my stuff on wrestlingrumors.net where i am a pundit and occasional reporter of stuff that we try to make sure is factual or at least out there for the world to see we try it. Yes, our site is Wrestling Rumors, so we occasionally touch on rumors, but mostly we try to report facts, so be sure to check me out there as well. I am looking forward to being on an upcoming edition, no, of the Heat Podcast with Tony. I am looking forward to the, the match. I've I've heard mythical stories about this 74-star match between Okada yes. and Omega. Yes, so one, one oh. thing about the... the about the Heat Wrestling Podcast. We, we like to do rewinds and take you back to history, whether it's a favorite match or a moment, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Derek wanted to, uh, when we were talking about this months ago, wanted to see the critically acclaimed match between uh, Okada, uh, Kazushika Okada and Kenny Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So this was before I had even any uh, of that time period of New Japan in my library. Well, that's our change now because specifically, thanks, partly and thanks because of you, um, I decided to go back and uh, that match was included in it. So uh, we will watch in full with American commentary, but we will be commentating over it. Okay. And, yeah, and yes, uh, Don Callis is part of the American commentary Damn it. team. But, 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 but. <laughs> But we, you know, but we do have, uh, we've got Kevin Kelly saving. Us. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> so, okay, fine. But, but, but we will, we will be commentating in, we will be watching over the match in full, uh, in its entirety. The that championship match that uh, we talked about, and that'll be on a future episode of uh, of my show. And once that comes out, we'll definitely put it out to all the platforms. 
Awesome. Uh, be sure to follow our host, uh, Josh Lopez at Josh Lopez Media. Um, follow him on Instagram as well. Uh, check out Josh Lopez Media. Also check out Josh Lopez Music um, on Instagram as well, where you can see Josh's guitar covers. Um, if this is your first time to listen to the Hoots podcast, thank you so much for giving this podcast a chance. Um, be sure to check it out wherever you get your podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the usual places. Uh, be sure to leave us, leave us a four or five star review. It helps us uh, helps us move up the ranks and get more exposure for the show. Um, if you have any feedback, we certainly welcome your feedback and would love to know what you would like to see more of here on the Hoots podcast. And it's been an absolute blast to get to do this today. So uh, for Joshi, for referee Tony S, I am Brother Carter. Don't forget to be the authentic product that is yourself. Uh, Josh will be back next week taking over the reins. And uh, you can pretty much just see which host you like the best. So for Josh, for Tony, I am Brother Carter. Keep it real, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Once again, a major thanks to Josh Lopez and Derek Stoughton of the Hoots Podcast for giving me an opportunity to co-host episode 310 of the show. You can follow them both, respectively, on Twitter, at Josh Lopez Media, and at Derek Stoughton. And remember, the Hoots Podcast is on all major podcast platforms, just like this one. Definitely check them out. And I've got some very special versions of this podcast, of the Heat Wrestling Podcast, coming your way. Can't really get into too much detail as of yet, but I'm going to have some very good, very special versions coming your way. I've got a lot of special things up my sleeve, and I can't wait to show you. Can't wait to give them to you version style here on the show. However, as far as this version, version 20 is concerned, it's in the history books. Thank you so much for joining me here on version 20 of the Heat Wrestling Podcast on Twitter. I am at Referee Tony S. The show is at The Heat Pod. And if you have any questions, send them into theheatpod at gmail.com. Once again, we're on all podcast platforms. And if applicable, please leave a four or five star review. It greatly helps benefit the show. And again, I truly appreciate you for checking us out. Have a great, safe, and blessed day, everybody. Love somebody today. Tell someone you care. Tell someone you love them. We'll see you right back here for another version of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. So long, everybody.